Magic Makers, Kelsey Foremost here, host of Find Your Magic, the podcast where mental health and entrepreneurship meet. Today, I am really pleasantly surprised, but also not surprised. Um, I had a stranger on the podcast for the first time. Um, Everybody else who's been on the podcast, I've sort of interacted with in some iteration of my life, whether it's been through my business, through Magic Words Copywriting, my course copy class, or I've been a guest on their podcasts in the past, or somebody I've met on social media. Today, though, I actually got an email from Emil Pandolfi, more specifically his team. And isn't his name just so delicious? Emil Pandolfi. It's an Italian name. So immediately I'm in, because if you didn't know, I am an Italian American and his name is so melodious, which is so perfect because Emil is in fact a musician and his team reached out to me because they found this podcast and they said, God, you know, Emil would be an amazing fit for your audience because he actually has made an entire career, a lucrative career supporting a family with music, which is, which I hate that even saying that sentence I feel like not a lot of people get to say that not a lot of people can, uh, say that they support themselves solely with their art. And I was so immediately intrigued because he's written this book called play it like you mean it, but it's not just about being a musician. Um, he plays the piano. His stuff is incredible. Incredible. Um, I highly recommend you check him out on Spotify, Pandora. He's got videos on YouTube. I'll put them all in the show notes. Um, and he's an incredibly successful musician and pianist. But in his book and in his work, like when he shows up and I'm watching his videos, it's like stand up comedy meets mental health, career advice, and beautiful soul changing music. Just like what an incredible human being um, to have crossed my path. And so I said, yes, of course. Thank you for sending me his information. I would love to have him on the podcast. And for the first time ever, I interviewed a complete stranger. So this conversation you're about to hear is our very first interaction ever with each other. And it was such an important reminder for me in so many ways about the importance of being open to what the universe puts in front of us, because it just might be exactly what we need in that moment. It also was an incredible reminder that sometimes we really have to separate what makes us money from what brings us creative flow and creative joy, even if the thing that makes us money is our creative joy. That will make more sense as you listen to the conversation because Emil talks about how you can be extremely successful in a commercial creative field like music without ever being quote unquote famous. He talks about how creative people can find ways to make money either from their art or not without putting so much pressure on that art that it then becomes uninspiring and just 
his word unfun, which I love. A little bit about Emil before we get into the conversation. He's a classically trained Steinway artist. If you are not a music nerd like me with a, a piano teacher for a mom, isn't it terrible? I don't know how to read music and my mom is a piano teacher. Sorry, mommy. Um, Steinway is like the creme de la creme of pianos. So Emil is a classically trained Steinway artist, and he has enjoyed a successful career in the area of solo piano, quote, commercial music for the past 35 years. Emil has recorded 30 albums that's three zero, which have sold 4.5 million units (laughs) in his bio. He said before CDs became dinosaurs, which tickles me. And in the digital age, Emil has surpassed over 750 million streams. That's wild. Emil continues to do live concerts and he records his signature arrangements of well-known pop songs from movies, musicals, and the American songbook. All of his musical links are in the show notes, but you can find him on Spotify, Pandora, YouTube. He has a website, emilpandolfi.com. And also, um, I highly encourage you to check out his book, Play It Like You Mean It, which is available on Amazon. With that, I am so just humbled and excited to share this conversation with you, please welcome Emil Pandolfi to find your magic. I am so excited to welcome Emil Pandolfi to find your magic. Thanks so much for being with us, Emil. That's a pleasure. I appreciate your inviting me. So the people will have heard your introduction. We know you're a pianist, an artist, a musician, but what really intrigued me when we connected and we decided to bring you on the podcast. What really intrigued me about your work is it's something that perhaps might not be intuitive for a lot of artists, which is sometimes you have to not be so worried about artistic integrity and being creative and flow. Sometimes you just have to survive, right? Mm -hmm. And I love that you call out that if you get too focused on the survival and Mm -hmm. money, that actually your art can suffer as a result of that. So I'd love to open the conversation with some of your thoughts on that cycle of getting sucked into survival mode as an artist. Okay, thank you for that. I've, gosh, I've made my living as a musician for, I know it says 35 years is more like 60 years. I'm an old guy now, but that's all I've ever done. But what I have always kept as a kind of a mantra is, is that work for hire is separate from my art. I, I like to put my I work for hire. I want to do my very, very best. But if someone asks me to write a piece of music or arrange a piece of music for a job, I say that's in this compartment over here. And I'll do my very best to put my art into it. I mean, hopefully that's why they asked me. But if when, when I take a break from doing my, uh, my con- the, the music that's gonna be on my next concert, when I take a break, it's me playing Rachmaninoff or something that will never sell or mm. that I don't even play that well, but it's a <laughs> challenge for me and it's my art and it gives me a reason to get up in the morning. But I, I, think, I think separating those hats of, of 
doing, when I went to the cocktail bar every, every night for years, I did cocktail piano when I started out. And I thought of, I, loved, I looked forward to every evening because I was going to a party. I was playing, I always play my best. I mean, you can't, you can't play other than what you are. That's mm -hmm. who you are. And that's how you, if you asked five different pianists to play the same song, each one would play it a different way, just off the bat because of who they are. And I think that sometimes people run into the thinking of, I ought to do this, or I should play like one of uh, my idols, or I should play like one of the successful people and try to analyze it too much. And once you analyze it, uh, you're, you're taking, you're stepping away from who you really are. If you can find out who you really are, and I have ways to do that, if you're not sure. I've always known who I was. I've always known who I was musically from the, from the get-go, from five years old. There was no, there was never an issue. I believe me. you. <laughs> I believe you. One of my favorite things, I was watching some of your, uh, your videos and, um, you were playing, I believe at your alma mater, and you were saying you came from an Italian household. And you guys, before we hit record, Emil and I connected already on so many ridiculous life path things, but I also come from an Italian household. Okay. And so when you were talking about that soundtrack of your life, I've always yes. been that same way as well. <laughs> when there's, a, in fact, my, my roommate in New York City, when I was doing Broadway stuff, she used to call it Kelsey's playlist. She could ask me at any given time, what song is in your head right now? And I could immediately tell her. Exactly. Um, and so when you talked about that being in the back of your head as a child of like, if something bad was going to happen, the Godfather <laughs> theme was playing 100%. I did that too as a kid. Oh, that's funny because it's it's kind of true. <laughs> it is. It's very Plus, true. I feel like we, even to this day, when our family gets together, everybody talks at once, and it's I mean, it's very when the very much Italian family get together, you talk hands. And both Emil and I, if you you're listening to the podcast, you can't <laughs> see we're both shaking our hands and talking with our hands. So I'm thrilled to have another hand talker. <laughs> and, and and I think that that's. I mean, I, you know, I say it facetiously, but I think it may be true that that's how opera developed, talking over the other one, talking, and you know, and it, it makes opera. Yes, it's very harmonious. <laughs> so true. Well, harmonious, unless my dad starts singing, in which case all bets are off. <laughs> every, every Italian male thinks he's Pavarotti. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think my dad, I, I'm trying to think of like a good Italian comedian. That's who he oh. thought he was. He thought he was Roberto Benini. Oh, Benini. <laughs> oh my gosh. A wonderful actor. What, I, I know. Him. Favorite movie of all time. Life is beautiful. Oh my Absolutely. God. I can only watch it once a year and then it destroys me. And then it takes me a year to get <laughs> back, back up for it. And it destroys me every time. Incredible, True. incredible art. Yes. So speaking of back to art. Mm -hmm. You said, and I don't want to gloss over this, I want to touch on this, that you have some ideas on how people can get in touch with who they are, if maybe they're feeling a little bit lost, or which I think is a, especially for artists who are either feeling stuck or artists who are just starting out. And it doesn't have to be music, it can be any kind of creative person feeling like there are so many different successful people who you want to emulate so that you can get some sort of status 
or some sort of respect. And so that's a, that's a very common trap, I feel like. So I'd love for you to, to go into some of those ideas that you have for, okay. for sparking that discussion in yourself. I hear the thing, it's, it's, uh, it's great to admire. I mean, every one of us have people that we've admired and emulated in some way. And you can learn a great deal from that. But what I, what I re- truly believe in my heart is that if you're not sure who you are artistically, I think stop, step outside yourself and watch yourself how you be. One of the things, since I'm a pianist, I say to other pianists, when you walk up to a new instrument, you're in a piano store or you're in a concert hall where there's pianos to try, you can't wait to get to that. Thing. Well, how do you touch it? Do you touch it gently? Do you touch it vociferously? Do you uh, start at the middle of the keyboard? Do you start at one end or the other? These are all it, it, just your natural instincts when you approach the instrument. How, what do you do? When you look at art, you go to a museum, you, you spend a long time in the Impressionist thing or the Renaissance or the abstract and, and simply look at yourself when you're at a party. How do you be? Step outside yourself and have, are you the one, are you the life of the party? Are you the quiet one that st- sits in the corner? None of these are wrong or right. It's just how you be. Mm. And I think if you really look at yourself, you can bypass a whole lot of psychological barriers, a lot of, it's more philosophy than psychology, but it's looking at who you are without judgment. Oh, I like to sit in the background and be invisible. That's fine. Well, that will influence how you play your music or how you do your artwork, whatever it is. If you're an, an actor, you're an actress, well, how you do how you do your parts? You have to play these different parts, but wh- where it comes from mm-hmm. is is just simply watching yourself. And I think a lot of people don't do that. They're busy trying to be like the person that they, they admire so much. And I, I used to accompany for singers as a part of my living, and I would see some singers who very very talented, but they're trying to be like Celine Dion or like mm-hmm. one of their uh, idols. And that's a mistake because they'll never be, they'll only be a second best Celine Dion, but they can be a very, very best who they are. Yes, yes. So you know how when someone is in business for a while and you ask them like, what's the one thing you wish you had done sooner? My answer is, I wish I had migrated all of the different platforms that I was using to Kajabi way sooner than I did. I dragged my feet because I was nervous. Technology was intimidating to me. I was totally on my own. I didn't have a team. And when I finally pulled the trigger and signed up for Kajabi, you guys, it was like night and freaking day. They have the best customer service that I've ever experienced. They have a incredible like video library and knowledge base. So any question you have, there's like little videos that show you exactly how to do things. And if you can't figure it out from the videos, you can chat with a customer support rep right there in real time. I'm telling you, like, it's not just for online course programs. When you hear Kajabi, you probably are thinking of their online courses or hosting an online course. But it is so much more than that. I have all of my templates on there. It handles all of my payments for me. It like whenever somebody buys something, it just goes right into my bank account. 
I handle all my emails from there, all of my marketing funnels, opt-ins, landing pages, you name it. I do it on Kajabi. They're offering a free 30-day trial to find your magic listeners right now. To check that out and read more about the platform, go to kelseyforemost.com slash Kajabi. That's kelseyforemost.com slash K-A-J-A-B-I. Gosh, I think that that's such an important point. Um, And the gateway of that is giving yourself permission to fail, right? Because so many of us are... I think creative people are very often perfectionists, um, at our core. And yet the most beautiful things that we create, the most uh, meaningful things that we create often come from moments where we're letting ourselves play, not sit down, play the piano, but play as in how a child plays, um, being in that flow state, embracing not just joy. I think a lot of there's, Mm -hmm. there's some toxic positivity in art about like, do what brings you joy. Right. Actually, some of my best work comes from when I was in the most pain and it's incredibly therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's, that makes so much sense. I, 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 I think there's so much baggage that goes along with being an artist and being an artist in quotes. Mm-hmm. And if you are being who you are, it doesn't mean you just be successful. It has nothing to do with that. It means right. that you're being, you're being authentic. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then there's the whole, the whole subject of making a living at whatever you're doing, which we can talk about uh, yes, you know, yes. later. But, it's, but if, if you're not sure of who you are, just look at yourself. I mean, I think a lot of people don't do that. I think they look at themselves, how I would like to be. I'd like to be the life of the party. Well, maybe you're not. Maybe or you're how not. they, yeah, how they'd like to be perceived or how they think they'd like to be perceived, right? Instead yeah, of how I mean, they naturally are. Oh gosh, may we all learn that lesson. <laughs> well, when you get really old, <laughs> the one with the most advice has made the most mistakes and that's me. <laughs> Which brings us right back to that exact point. Make mistakes. Make mistakes so you can learn from your mistakes. Um, And the other thing here too is um, if you are being, if you're coming into the world and you know you want to be a professional artist, you want that to be your life, you want that to be how you make money, um, you are going to have to learn technique. You're going to have to learn theory. You're going to have to copy the masters so that you can learn, uh, get the building blocks and the foundation. Right. But I think, and tell me if you agree with me here, Emil, I feel like that can be a really comfy place after a while. And once you start feeling super comfy copying the masters or in the theory and in the technical bits, that's when I think you need to give yourself a kick in the pants, right? Mm. Do something that makes you uncomfortable. Um, Do something that's hard. Purposely structure failure and challenge into into your life, into your work. I've never looked at it that way, but that's a a very good way to look at it. 
I, I think I stumbled into failures. <laughs> <laughs> All of us do. All of us do. Yes. So maybe this is my way of saying like, I totally meant to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to miss. <laughs> yes, I was, I was, this is my perfectionism. I was doing it right because I was trying to fail. <laughs> Ooh, I'm going to unpack that with my therapist later. <laughs> It's, it's nice to have a mindset that separates. That's why I, in, in, in my book, I talk about don't quit your day job. It's not a failure to have a day job. It's paying the rent. And oh my gosh, yes. You have the freedom. You know, if every one of us probably had a day job at, at some point or other that was not music. I've, I've, the only thing I'm good at is music, but I was a, a house painter and I was, uh, I did do drywall and I did, I was a janitor, but, but then, those steps helped me pay the rent so I could see I think that most of us work hard 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 to perfect our uh, our craft and our yes. art and mm -hmm. we and we're willing to spend all the hours and the money and the time getting better and better at what we do but at some point we have to get hello it's a business as well like anything is a business and if you have to do something else to support that's fine and it, and, and then there are numerous ways as a pianist that you I cover from time to time that you can make a living uh, getting yes. by. And so many Absolutely. people are getting and by at something they don't like. Mm -hmm. And some of us are getting by at something we really, we really love. I just want to reiterate what you said about there being no shame in having yeah. a day job. Golly, how many of us have shamed ourselves out of... <laughs> so much, uh, art and, and freedom and confidence simply because we aren't making quote enough money from the thing that we've trained so long to do. And it makes it not fun anymore. It's such a slippery slope. So what would you say to those who are perhaps in that in-between place where maybe they are able to make a little bit of money from their art or their creation, or even their business. Like this goes for entrepreneurs too. Honestly, so much of this, I, I feel like I have a unique um, perspective in this particular space coming from the entertainment industry because way too many entrepreneurs focus so much on the business and the numbers and quote unquote success instead of how much freaking creativity and bravery it takes to create your own path in the first place. So, you know, for those of you listening, I hope you don't tune out if you're not, if you don't identify as an artist, like if you are making something, if you are showing up in the world to put something forward, you are an artist. Mm. And so I would love to know what advice you might have for someone who's in that in-between place, like they're making a little bit of money from the thing that they create and share with the world, but it's not enough for it to be their full-time gig. Is there anything besides like, don't quit your day job that you would say to those people? I would say if you can, uh, that's a good question. And I'm not sure. I have it's a big question. I know <laughs> sort of like the answer to life. <laughs> yeah, 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 life, the universe, and everything. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Forty-two. Um, 
the 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 thing about that is and you already said it is is don't feel ashamed of it i think see i'd like to switch that not feeling ashamed to be proud of yes i support my art by cleaning houses during the day or doing yeah, whatever I do. being proud um, of it the, yeah, yeah taking the, it that the, step forward like how many musicians are we don't want to be a starving artist i don't want to be a starving artist i want to be a successful artist god that but, freaking uh, phrase if i never hear that again for the rest <laughs> of my life i'll die happy i uh, it, it's such a toxic phrase it's such a toxic it also i would be so curious speaking as an italian because in italy Art is like the most venerated path, right? Yeah. It's so respected. I would be very curious to know if there's even a translation that is not English. Wow. For the term starving artist. Wow. I don't know, but I do know that even in Bach's time and in Mozart's time, a lot of the time they were coming through the servant's entrance. They were, even if they were successful as both of those artists were at some point. Mm -hmm the best artists in the world, by the way, but there was still, there's a, a kind of a cultural thing, at least in Western Europe and, and now America, mm -hmm. that it, it, I, my, my parallel for that is that the metaphor is, if you're, if you're getting a wedding for your daughter and you're paying for the wedding, you know you have to spend thousands of dollars on the dress and thousands of dollars on the flowers and but when it comes to the music you think well I can cut back a little here I, and and if a musician asks for five thousand dollars to play for your wedding well, that's outrageous but yeah. five thousand dollars for the flowers is not outrageous mm. and it's not that person's fault it's a cultural thing that's been going on for centuries as far as I can tell yeah. and and we as artists have to just change that we are also a valuable commodity and should be paid for just like nobody would say they might say well i can't afford five thousand dollars for the flowers so i'll get fewer flowers but when you as when, as an artist all of us and i was guilty of this two years ago i'm afraid to ask for this much money because it somehow <laughs> doesn't seem right yeah. that's a big one <laughs> guilty as charged you know yeah I don't, guilty I don't as charged that should be the addendum to your book of how to not feel guilty for charging people money for <laughs> for your art you can take that one for free emil that's right just give me a shout out in the appendix oh man but that's such a good point of of course we have internal belief systems we don't even know we have because we've never really examined them i mean my god i feel like i mean i have a theater degree and you know what would have helped what should have been a core curriculum be in therapy like go to therapy and understand the humans your own human experience um and i feel like uh, unpacking cultural beliefs that we have internalized about Very what it means to have a non-traditional career. Right, there you go. Even just that phrase, like, why is it a non-traditional career? There are thousands, millions of artists, musicians for all of time since yeah. civilization was born. And yet we still, I even just said non-traditional career. Man, you know, it, 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 
when you wake up in the morning to when you go to bed at night, there's music in your life. There just is mm -hmm. music and there's art and, and there's right. interior design and uh, different kinds of art forms in your, from morning till night all the time. Uh, it, is, it is something that we just absorb and then see what I feel like is that if, if, if in school, even in public schools, music and art, if they were not an elective, if they were not, if they were just part of the curriculum, like for example, I had to take biology, which I suck at. I had to take math, which I suck at. But yeah. how come that guy didn't have to take music and suck at it? That's okay. Right. Some things you're good at, some things you're not. But, you, but at least you have, if it were part of the curriculum, you wouldn't take money away from the music program or away from the art program. You don't take money away from the math program. Everybody needs to have it. And That's I think right. that everyone, every child should have some degree of of music learning, and then it would just over time become just part of life. Some good at it, some suck. Just life is that way. Do you dream about people coming to your website and telling you, I cannot wait to work with you. I've been looking for this forever. I feel like I already know you. Can I please pay you to help me? Or maybe you just want to feel more confident when you sit down to write something for your business, knowing your words aren't just evaporating into the ether of the internet, but instead are connecting with your ideal customers. Look, after years as a freelance copywriter, I can very confidently tell you that no matter what business you're in, great copy turns words on the page into dollars in the bank, just like magic, which is why I want to make sure you know that my signature course copy class is currently open for enrollment. Now, here's the thing. You can hire a professional copywriter. But honestly, that could cost you thousands and it just doesn't make sense to hire someone every freaking time you need to write something for your business, which is why I specifically designed copy class for non-writers, entrepreneurs who want to learn to write their own high converting copy without breaking the bank or spending hours staring at the blinking cursor of death. Copy class covers everything you need to know from the psychology behind why certain writing works to honing in on your actual ideal customer, aka people who are truly going to give you their monies, to how to write a website that converts start to finish, and finally, how to send emails that convert and sell. So if you want to learn more about copy class, see what's inside, and hear from past students, head to kelseyformost.com slash copy class. That's kelseyformost.com slash C-O-P-Y-C-L-A-S-S. But you're so right. Music in particular really is an inescapable, in a good way part of life. What you just said reminds me of one of my favorite documentaries called Mad Hot Ballroom. Have you ever heard of this? Oh, yes. It's so yeah. for those of you who are listening, who have never heard of this, this is truly, if you want to just go away feeling good about humanity, go watch this documentary. It's called Mad Hot Ballroom. I believe you can rent it on Amazon because my mom and I did that over the COVID pandemic when we were hunkered at home trying to bring some positivity into our lives. And what it is, is it follows three sixth grade classes mm. 
as they go through a required ballroom Uh. dancing program in the New York City school system. And they implemented the program after 9-11 because they were noticing that there was a lot of depression. There was a lot of anxiety, of course, in these children who were growing up uh, post 9-11 and they needed a way to express themselves. They needed a way to get back into their bodies, art and creativity. It's part of our biology. If we deny that, then we're denying a huge part of our existence of our soul and this documentary it's just it's so feel good it's so it just reminds you how important it is Hmm. to have that sense of play and that sense of joy Hmm. um and freedom of expression in your life through the eyes of these beautiful children who really are the best teachers of all I think I need to watch that tonight yeah you gotta do it god it's so good it's so good yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it's I, I always think that when I hear, well, he's very talented. Talented, when you say the word talent, that means in the arts. How about he's very talented at biology? That's yeah. talent too. Yeah. Um, and and if, it, if it were just not a separate thing, like only the talented kids get it. No, everybody gets it. <laughs> like, That's right. What about moments where we're feeling uninspired? I know mm-hmm. I go through this all the time. I, and I think that this is a natural part of life, whether you are talented in mathematics or talented in music. Um, there are times when you just are like, ugh, I, I just don't feel like, I, I just feel uninspired. Do you have any go-to methods I do. to light I do. the fire under your own butt? Um, well, before, <laughs> before even lighting the fire, the first thing to do is, is not not berate myself for that it's like i have a i have dear friends sometimes i don't want to see them my Mm -hmm. piano is my dear friend sometimes i don't want to see it yeah like okay so you know don't say oh i should be getting to the piano i should be no you shouldn't you know unless it's long lasting but my go-to is i go to other forms of artwork like what kind of fine art do i like what kind of maybe i watch Mm -hmm. a a ballet uh, program on 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 the tv or maybe i listen to some of the great symphonies or things that I, I don't care, watch great gymnasts, watch somebody do something extraordinary and just sit there. You know, the, the, the the negative way to look at that is that makes me feel just like I can't. Like I'll never be as good as that person. Right. But I think that's a, that's a good point though. Other art forms, because then you can't, then you can't get in your own head. Like when I was a full-time actor, it was really hard for me And I felt really bad for anybody who lived with me or was around me because I was impossible to sit down and watch TV with, um, or watch a movie with. Uh, so in order to get that inspiration, you're so right. Naturally, I would just pick up a paintbrush or, um, go to a concert, something that wasn't my work, but that still was like work adjacent. (laughs) I think it's just the fact of seeing people do something outside the norm and wonderful you think wow Mm -hmm. there's a country song that says i'm I'm so sad and blue about that that i don't know whether to kill myself or go bowling (laughs) 
<laughs> what song is that? I, 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 I think I made it up. <laughs> oh my God. Well, I hope that Dolly Parton listens to this and takes it and runs with it. That's my, that's my fervent prayer. <laughs> but I, but it's just, instead you say, Hey, first of all, it's not, a, it's not the end of the world. You get uninspired sometimes. I guess, again, I'm not talking about if it goes on for months and you need to th see a therapist, well, then you should yeah. see a therapist. But yes. if it's just passing thing, so what? So you went, like, I sometimes go two weeks without playing the piano because I've got too much stuff on the computer and I've got life is happening or I'm going to the beach or whatever. And I think the best way to think of it is this is a dear friend. My piano is my dear lifelong friend. And mm -hmm. sometimes I don't see my friend for months, my real yeah. friend in real life. I'd love to be with him, but I can't. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nothing. The friendship hasn't failed. It's going to be there when I get back. And, right. and I think you have to stop critiquing yourself too much. As an artist, that's what we do. I mean, because you keep trying to make your art better. Right, right. Gosh, that's, that's such a good point. We are taught to critique ourselves. Um, yeah. And so sometimes that's really difficult to turn off. One of my friends, uh, one of my best friends from Davidson, shout out <laughs> Davidson, North Carolina. Um, She's a writer. Her name is Marian Shambari, and she has been such a source of inspiration for me over the years. And she said something to me that really stuck with me that I absolutely love where I was feeling really uninspired and I was just writing crap. I mean, it was just shitty first draft after shitty first draft. And I was telling her, Marian, I'm so frustrated. Like everything that's coming out of me is just crap. And she goes, well, I hate to break this to you, but because of the law of mathematics, at least half of the things that you write are going to be below average. <laughs> and isn't that so great? And I was like, oh my God, you're right. Like, it's just how it's going to be. Like half of the things that I write are going to be below my average and have the things are going to be above average. And that's the nature of creating. So if you're in a rut and you're, you're trying to make stuff and like this painting is sucking or this, your fingers are fumbling on this piece and you can't get through that movement. Yeah. Well, half of the things you play are going to be below average. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm for sure going to write that down and put it as a mantra on my wall. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've never, ever thought of it that way, but I love it. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yes. And it just takes the pressure off you. You know, I feel like the through line in this conversation and in so many of the conversations I have with creative people, so much of the work is just giving yourself a freaking break. Yeah. 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 That's very hard to do. Mm. Uh, because and, and and when you're when you're getting your early training and you're you have a really good teacher they're naturally going to find every little every little bit and not i don't mean that they're being nasty or negative but you need to correct every little thing so that you develop a fine technique in whatever the, the, the discipline is mm -hmm. you have to i used to play for ballet classes and i think that those people oh i mean oh my gosh and hats off to them talk but about they, a witness to tough practice so perfectionist incredibly classical ballet and i loved doing it i loved being there but i was mostly what i was playing but i was mostly watching these people do these exercises and 
every little Makes thing. Want to sit up straight. <laughs> yes. All that. I mean, it's just it was incredible. But I think that's more one of the most disciplined art forms I can think of. Yes. You know, uh, anyway, this this is great. <laughs> yeah, it is great. It is great because I think that there's there's just not enough conversations about the mental health aspect of That's creating. Right. Um and there's some um, this really this particular conversation is inspiring me to really examine those deep-seated uh core beliefs that mm-hmm. have been put in me, even though I had really supportive parents, even though I had great teachers. Um, like we said that just the mere existence of the fact that we use the term starving artist or tortured artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that many artists just in history who we think of as great often feel things very deeply, highest highs and lowest lows. And we appreciate the work and the final product, but we don't talk enough about the toll that it can take to get mm-hmm. to that final product, I think. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, when, that's why it's, it's fascinating to read really in-depth biographies of some of the great artists uh, of, of all time, because you find they were in many times tortured within themselves yeah. or never did never achieved what they thought was their potential. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just need to read about that and know that you're, you're not the only one, but then you need to look and see, it doesn't matter what they went through. They ended up with Michelangelo's David. I don't know what he went through to do that. I don't know if he took 15 years or 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. He ended up with the statue of David and, and Van Gogh, you know, is a tortured soul and never sold a painting, but look what he, what he did, what he gave to the world. So I, I mean, I think it's just, you broaden your viewpoint and you feel like I'm not the, you need to learn. I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. That's so important for in any kind of uh, uh, mental health, I think, is that I'm not the only one. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're normal. Gosh, I think if, I think the theme of this conversation is stripping away shame. Stripping away shame about making money, stripping away shame about feeling uninspired, stripping away shame about not being technically perfect, stripping away shame about how you think of other artists, Mm -hmm. another big one, that there's so much that we need to do as a society to value creativity for creativity's sake. That, that's a big one and that's of course generational I guess mm. uh, it's funny just as, as a silly aside in my show I sometimes say my favorite Greek philosopher was Mediocrates <laughs> <laughs> who, who once said be kind to yourself if you're not perfect lower your standards <laughs> <laughs> I try to live by that that's fantastic <laughs> give yourself a break <laughs> give yourself a break Mediocrities has just become my favorite philosopher too. Thank you. Well, Emil, we are running out of time, but I want to just give you the floor, give you the opportunity um, to share any upcoming things that you're excited about. Um, I know you have a book, Play It Like You Mean It. I'd love for you to just tell the listeners 
where they can find you, interact with you, follow you, make sure that they are up to date on all of the things. Thank you, thank you. Well, if they can spell my name, Emil Pandolfi, that's, uh, that'll take you to all the different platforms, whatever. But basically, the reason I said play it like you mean it is this whole thing we've been talking about is be authentically you and keep your business compartmented. You have to do it. You have to do it. I wish I had known when I was 12 that music was a business. I wish I had. But if you compartmentalize it and you say, I am a musician and I'm paying the rent by painting houses. I mean, I don't, whatever, you know, yes. it's something to be proud of. You're, 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 you're handling your life in a responsible adult way and you're trying to move it as you can. And you certainly can do it entirely with your art form. But um, anyway, that's the play it like you mean it is the, is the Italian part where you feel everything in high def, everything in intensity. And if you're going to play a phrase, well, just play it. Don't just say <laughs> Forget about it. Yeah, forget about it. Don't say I, I went to the beach. Said, I went to the beach and I had the best time ever. <laughs> Instead of, yeah, we were at the beach. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so true. Suck the marrow out of life, you guys. Oh wow. Otherwise, that, that's that's a quote from something. Is that from right. I think Dead Poets Society, maybe? That Great sounds movie. like it. If you want to be inspired, go watch that. Yeah, um, that's true. Man. So many good movie wrecks in this in this episode. Unexpected yeah, good movie wrecks. And as a matter of fact, um, River Dance, if you want to be inspired, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Talk about that's almost ballet like in the discipline it takes incredible yeah my gosh one more movie for you music people out there and if you haven't seen this meal this is going to be your new favorite movie have you seen Le choriste no it's a french movie l-e-s-c-h yeah o-r-i-s-t-e Le choriste um and it is about a french music professor who uh, works with World War II orphans in France and goes into a, uh, a boys' school for problem children, mm. and he creates a boys' chorus. It's one of the most beautiful, inspiring, gorgeous, wow. gorgeous score. My gosh. Um, yeah, like Coriste. And also, anybody listening, I'm going to put all of this in the show notes. So don't worry if you're oh, driving good. and you're like, I got to write that down. It's in the show notes. Don't good, worry. Good. I'll put I'll put more of my good uh, movie recommendations. Amadeus. Ray Coriste. And the one I said I was going to watch tonight is Mad Hot Ballroom. Mad Hot Ballroom. Yes. <laughs> so many good, interesting that uh, so many of them have to do with children and, and, yeah just the unadulterated joy of creativity yeah. and um, just music and art. It just lets us tap into our soul unlike anything else. Yeah. And what a privilege to get to do that, right? Mm -hmm. As an artist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, both you and I, uh, I think we're raised in surrounded by art so that it, it was a normal thing. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was everybody in my family played something and some of us became professional musicians. One of us didn't. Okay. Yeah. Didn't yeah. Matter. yeah. And by the way, it can be like, it doesn't have to be classical, right? you know, impressionist art and classical music. Like 
you can be really into hip hop and that is an incredible art form. You could be really into fashion, incredible art form. There's so many different ways to think about how we consume art in our lives. And it doesn't have to be the sort of traditional like person in a museum or person in a symphony. Uh, Maybe the challenge at the end of this episode to find your magic for those people listening, start to pay attention to the different ways in which you consume art. This Mm -hmm. podcast is an art form. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the little videos you see on social media that people are making, that's art, stand up comedy, art. Yeah. So many memes, memes that make you laugh, art, pay Hallmark attention, cards. see how, Hallmark. yes, Hallmark, Hallmark cards, art. Yeah. Pay attention. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty much everywhere. It is. <laughs> it is. But I think, again, if you. If you look at who you are and what you are drawn to, if you're not sure what kind of art form you want, well, just watch yourself and see what, what attract When you're in a department store, where do you go first? Mm. And that's who you are. That's right. <laughs> so I'm, so I'm shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mio, this is philosopher. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Oh my gosh. Mediocrities for president. Thank you so much, Emil. This has been such a wonderful conversation. And I know so many people are going to get wonderful things out of it. And I hope everyone goes and buys your book, play it like you mean it. Okay. Hey, thank you so much for having me as a guest. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Emil. Take care, everybody. Hey, Magic Maker. If you made it to the end of this episode, it means you're truly committed to inviting more magic into your life. Be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and follow Find Your Magic on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to this stuff. Each review truly means so much to me. Thank you for being here. Now go out there and find your magic.